As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. What's up, Fungal Associates? Welcome to Completely Arbitrary, the podcast about trees and other related topics. I am one of your hosts. Hosts. Pronunciate. Enunciate. Boy, that's a tough one for me sometimes, Case. Just just throw it out. I'm one of your hosts, Alex Croson. And I'm here with another another of the hosts, Casey Clapp. Hi. Do you like introducing yourself, Case, or do you like me introducing you? Um, sometimes uh, I really don't mind either way. Honestly, I just don't know. Uh, I can't predict when it would be me right. versus you. Sometimes I sound like I'm going to do it, and I don't. And then there's like three seconds of silence. And then I got to jump in. Yeah. But yeah, then exactly. sometimes it doesn't sound like I'm going to do it, and you start talking. Exactly. And I introduce you. Yes. We should see. This is this this goes back to my whole thing of. Uh, you know, treating yes. the show as the exact same thing every time. Uh-huh. But, and then you lo- you're a bit of a joker. Mm. You love chaos. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's you're nice. A bit of a joker. Say. And I'm a bit of a Batman, I suppose. Uh, oh, I see. Yes, I do. I gotcha. You know, people okay. don't like Batman now, Case. Why not? What do uh, you do? Because he works with the cops. Oh, God. He's like oh, a, geez. he's like a, He's a people will say he's a cop, but he's he's a vigilante. Isn't the like the very last of the the Dark Knights where the cops are after him too? Like he basically he makes himself the hero that Gotham needs, but oh, not the one they deserve. Yeah. So he's like on the wrong side of everything, right? So did they just like skip that whole <laughs> movie? I don't know. Uh, I actually didn't love the Christopher Nolan Batman's. I oh, like I like Dark Knight with yeah. uh, Heath Ledger. Yeah, Dark Knight's one of my favorite movies. Like it, it's so good. It's great. That uh, character is very good. But I, Casey, have you seen the Batman, the new one with uh, Robert Pattinson? Really, Casey? No, I have, have you, not. You haven't seen anything about it, huh? Oh, Casey, it's is, great. Is it good? Batman's like the only superhero I, I even remotely am interested in. Oh yeah, okay. And so I've seen I've seen most of these movies. Uh huh. Um, and this is my favorite portrayal of Batman. This is really? such a, this is such old news now. We're like, yeah, sorry everyone. This is well, what happens when you talk to me about popular <laughs> culture. It's popular culture yeah. uh, when it was popular a couple of years ago. Right? Yeah, we're about a year a year and a half behind. Huh? No, I haven't seen it. Uh, it's fantastic. He's like he's like um, I would say he's like in his mid twenties. Okay, he's gotcha. supposed to be in his mid twenties, yeah. maybe early thirties. So he's, he's new. He's new to the scene. Yeah, the he's bat on, scene. He's only been a Batman for about a year. Ah, uh, yeah. Well, because before he was a Bat Juvenile. Yes, that's right. He was a Bat Boy. Uh, yeah, he was for bat the boy. Gotham City Sluggers. <laughs> <laughs> Casey, we're here to talk about a tree this week, as we are every episode, and that tree. Goes by a couple different names. It does. We are officially going to call it Sugi. That's right. But it is also called 
Uh, the Japanese Cryptomeria, Cryptomeria yes. Japonica or is the scientific the name. Japanese cedar, some the Japanese cypress. Right, Japanese cedar, cypress. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, is this in Cupersaceae, Casey? This is in Cupersaceae. Fantastic. Well done. Okay. I realized, Alex, um, as we're doing this, because we're talking about logging to a, a pretty intense extent yeah, uh, for this yeah. last four that's, weeks. That's right. This is, of course, our final, our ultimate episode. The ultimate uh, episode of completely arbitrary exactly there are no more after this or actually no we're going to use it with a different term this is the ultimate because it's the best yes send this one to your friends yeah exactly tell your family why do they talk about batman for the first seven minutes Eh, we just want to make sure that everyone kind of got hooked (laughs) oh yeah real grabby among our audience isn't it yeah Well, I uh, wanted to talk about this tree specifically uh, to end this, but it struck me that I think we've done three conifers uh, of the four that we've covered for logging. Sounds like a bias. It is a little bit of a bias, but I would argue it's a bias based on what we tend to use for wood. Right. So, you know. It's a logical bias. I think so. It's a logical bias. It's a, a necessary bias, but also... I just love conifers, so I, I'm i not unhappy. I, if this was completely arbitrary, all conifers for oh, the wow. rest of this year. Oops, all conifers. Oops, all conifers. Yeah. Uh, I love that. That'll, I would be be our, happy. that'll be our season seven for 2024. Okay. Yeah, Oops, all conifers. Uh, oh, hey, man. we have so much to talk about. Logging, Japan, tradition, the cutting edge. Yeah. And I mean that quite literally, Case. Exactly, yeah. But we must do so after the break. We We will be right back with Sugi on Completely Arbitrary. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting, but Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select Podcast in the survey, and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Welcome back to Completely Arbitrary. Today we are talking Sugi, a.k.a. Japanese Cryptomeria, a.k.a. Japanese Cedar or Japanese Cypress, a.k.a. Cryptomeria Japonica. Exactly. Often in the United States, we just call it the Cryptomeria. The Cryptomeria. Okay. Which, you know what, Alex? Uh, No one knows why it's called cryptomeria that is actually the the uh derivatives in greek is cryptos for hidden and miros which is part so it's hidden parts and uh mm. the no i i can't find why 
Don't no one, touch my hidden parts, Casey. Right? Exactly. It's like, oh my gosh, excuse us. The crypt, like, like, you know. So it's yeah, it's kind of one of those things. Where it's like, oh, I don't. No one knows why. So hidden it's just kind of, parts. Okay. Yeah. Well, Casey, let's imagine that you and I are walking. Hey, about uh, let's take a little trip to Japan, Case. Ah, oh, it's a great choice. Uh, and we're walking through a fort. How about a plantation? I'm assuming of Cryptomeria. Yes. Um, I I would say that's a good place to start, but because. I uh, just would prefer not to. We should go to an island off of uh, off of Japan, which is a, again a part of Japan, and it's a World Heritage Site wow. with a gigantic old old grove of trees. Oh yeah, uh, that's supposed to be pretty incredible. That sounds much better and I much mean, more uh, rich in an, of an experience. Yes. So let's go to Yakushima Island. We are on Yakushima Island. And we come across the most gorgeous Japanese cryptomeria. We'll call it Sugi. Yes. The most gorgeous Sugi you've ever laid your eyes on because it's your first one. Mm -hmm. Let's ID this tree. Let's do it, Alex. Or as my Japanese friends might say, wouldn't it be amazing if I just whipped out fluent Japanese? <laughs> I was about ready for it. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, Alex, you practice this. Learn how to say "Let's ID this tree" in Japanese and Holy just throw it out. Should we? Should we do it? Uh, sure, if you can. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna Google how to how to say "Let's identify this tree." Konokio me wakio. That okay? First off, Alex, that was that was great. You did it like you're a native speaker. Let me try one more time. Konokio me wakio. Ah, what a great rhythmic uh, little little jaunt. Uh, J Japanese language is so wonderful. Yeah, I, I think I was actually sitting next to two people speaking Japanese today in a coffee shop. Wow! And it was uh, it was enjoyable. You love to hear to it. To. You do. Okay, Alex, great job. So let's ID this tree. We are walking through a forest, and the first thing we notice is there are big old trees that are evergreen all around us. Beautiful. They are in the cypress family, as we noted. Mm -hmm. The thing with cypress family trees is that they tend to have, uh, more often than not, as opposed to things in, say, the pine family, mm -hmm. very fibrous, reddish kind of bark. That's right. I love cypress bark. It's so beautiful. Or cedar it's, bark. Yeah, either one, or these false cedars, right? Yeah. So the bark that you see is very red. It has very long strips that it kind of comes off in these mm -hmm. big fibrous pieces. And it usually develops these kind of thicker furrows that aren't like really deep, but just deep enough that you're like, wow, yeah, that's a that's a, a big, furrowed, large, fibrous bark tree. I might have a question about fibrous bark, Casey. Oh, okay, please. Is it more susceptible to uh, fungus? I know. In fact, it's more fungus resistant, more okay. resistant to insect and fungus attack. Because of its form factor? I would say probably because of the things that it puts in it. Okay. So the bark is produced with these different chemicals that make it unpalatable to Tannins these different things. Tannins and things. Exactly. Okay. Precisely. It's what Got gives it. it that reddish color, right? Ah, interesting. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. So you, you're walking through and mm -hmm. you see these big, huge trees. And these trees, some of the biggest, oldest ones can be up to like seven feet in diameter. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty incredible, uh, some of the largest ones. Uh, and did I say seven, Alex? I meant 17. <gasps> 
Wow. You wow. should do that more often. That was, I really that was should, amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I looked down and only saw the seven. And then I was like, wait a second. That feels too small. I should look this up. 17 feet. Okay. Yeah. This thing is One of the huge. Yeah. Wow. But now generally they don't get that big. That's like, you know, the, the hugest, biggest, oldest of them. Bit of an outlier. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. And they grow also up to 80 feet tall. Mm. These, these other big ones because their tops usually kind of break off as they get really large. Okay. But young, vigorous trees that have been growing, haven't snapped off in a big thing if they're in a little bit of a protected valley or something like mm-hmm. that they can grow up to 230 feet tall wow casey they're big big trees these are uh these these would feel right at home in our in our pacific wonderland they here. totally would yeah. and it's funny that you should say that mm. because um as we talked about with um michael kaufman way back when yes the uh, re our brewer spruce episode yes. where we talked about the klamath mountains exactly and the endemicism so rich there precisely that and the fact that it's mostly conifers right yes that's right so japan is similar to the pacific northwest in kind of this entire northern california pacific northwest um palette of conifers mm. just on the other side of the pacific ocean yeah and famously that in, if you circle around the pacific ocean something like 50 percent of the conifers in the world grow right there in terms of species interesting yeah so if you include all the species of japan all the species of the pacific northwest going all the way down through southern california and all the way up through northern alaska and then going across to russia and down through the uh korean peninsula and taiwan all that area is just chock full of unique conifers Mm. it's a fascinating kind of uh biogeographical thing you know what we're gonna call it what the ring of fur oh i did not know you were gonna say that but that was brilliant i was thinking you're gonna go somewhere with that alex <laughs> but i wasn't sure where you're gonna go and you you uh, took it exactly that was that was perfect well thanks well done so this ring of fur is uh where these trees grow. So you're exactly right in terms of it being quite at home. Yeah. In fact, we can plant Japanese cryptomeria here in Portland. There are plenty of them around. Really? Okay. Mm-hmm. Are there? Yeah. Some, I, I would love to see some, especially uh, for an ID characteristic coming up that I'm very excited about. Ah, uh, yes, yes. I assume you're talking about the leaves. Uh, right. Um. So we have. Sorry, that wasn't very supportive. That was of me. fine, Alex. Whatever. <clears throat> so we have. Uh, we have this. We have this very uh, emblematic bark yeah it's very uh false cedar bark correct and uh let's let's talk about those leaves case let's talk about them so these leaves are beautiful but they are they they grow in a way that to me is most similar to a um a giant sequoia and Mm. i say that because giant sequoia tend to have leaves that are all shaped so if you're thinking about the different kinds of leaf types for conifers, there's mainly three different sorts. There's the long, skinny, linear ones we call needles. Uh, yeah. Sometimes those are a little flattened, a little wider. And other times there are scale-like leaves that are pressed to the stem. That's right. So you can't tell the difference between the leaf and the actual twigs until the leaves die and you see literal wood, right? Yeah, okay. So the, the in-between uh, of these needle-like leaves mm-hmm. and these scale-like leaves are what we call all-like leaves. Oh, right. I forgot about this yeah. subcategory. 
right? And that's all A-W-L. That's right. Um, which is an old kind of pick that you'd use to dig in the ground or something. And it's characterized by having a wide base that then comes to a point. So it's like half a pressed to the stem at the base, but then it pops off coming out and becomes more linear and needle-like towards the end. Yeah. I'm thinking of like a Norfolk Island pine. Yeah. Is, those oh, are all like... Perfect example. They're yes. These, these sweet little... I mean, they look like needles. They look like regular needles. Yeah. Almost like a spruce needle. Totally. Yeah. But like very short and compact and squishy. And very kind of tight. These ones aren't aren't squishy um, in that they, they are kind of sharp like a spruce, in fact. Like they're oh, okay. they're an uncomfortable thing to shake hands with. And they are spirally arranged around the stem and everything. So the whole thing looks almost like some uh uh I'm thinking of a kind of dinosaur that has like a spiked tail. Yeah. It looks kind of like that, but instead of just being at the very end, the whole tail itself is spiked. Right. That's what this reminds me of. That's great, Case. What a great visual metaphor. Oh, thank you. They kind these all like leaves sort of look Aracaria esque. Yeah, to they me. do. Yeah. Sort I, of like uh great. little plates, platelets. Yeah, and the the big thing with Aracaria, which is the Norfolk Island pine. Oh shit! Okay. Yeah, so there you, you go. Look at you. You're on the right page anyway. I, I didn't even know. Well done. Mm. In that regard, Aracaria tends to be a little bit more wider and flatter as they come out. Right. Um, so, like you think the monkey puzzle, that's like a big triangle. These are little teeny tiny triangles that end up being way more circular at the end. More needle-like. So, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So that's what these needles look like. And they tend to be at the end of the twigs where the fertile cones are. Mm. They, they're kind of slightly more pressed. They're a little bit closer down to the stem. They're pointing more forward. As they are younger, uh, the more juvenile foliage that gets just popping out on a young plant, it's way more outspread. So it's more just like pops out at a, a wider degree in reference to the, the main needle itself. Huh. Sorry, the main stem itself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So it's very curious that they have this kind of difference form as they as they grow. It's not so different that they look like two different trees most of the time. Right. But they have developed cultivars that mostly have this juvenile cool. foliage versus some that have mostly this uh, this older foliage that's might way tighter and more intense. Cute. Is it a different color too? The new foliage. Like yeah. A, I, I love I love brand new foliage on like a Douglas mm, fir. Yeah. It's like this big green thing with like frosted tips yeah and the frosted <laughs> tips are like this this beautiful lime kind yeah. of green yeah love it i don't think they have quite that that big difference <clears throat> okay. because they don't necessarily grow um poof put on all this new growth like a douglas fir does mm -hmm. they kind of grow it slowly over the course of the season where they I put gotcha. out one over here one over there one over there one over there but there are some that are developed so that they have more of a lime green or a yellowish color the whole time oh and others that stay very dark green green the whole time interesting it's amazing yeah. what we can do with oh. uh, that stuff alex you are so right you don't even know how right you are oh wow yeah we'll i love when that happens i know isn't it great yeah <laughs> hey, this well, is my favorite compliment <laughs> uh casey let's let's get into sort of the 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 money for this tree uh, in, in my opinion ooh, well the money is really yeah, i guess i guess uh the wood as we'll touch on in a bit I'm, yeah i'm very curious what your what where, what your money is on this. well my money's on the cone really this cone is incredible you, it's oh what i love the cone why casey Tell me. Wait, really? Yeah. You don't like it? No, I like it just fine, but I'm curious oh. why you particularly enjoy it oh. so much. Well, it's peltate. Well, give us a description a little bit, would you? It's a peltate cone, mm -hmm. like a like a cypress, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Okay. 
standard, but it ha- it doesn't have the sort of rounded peltateness. Uh-huh, uh-huh. It's like a spiked. If, if you know, she- peltate means shield like. Yes, yeah. And shield is often flat. Mm-hmm. Uh, these are not flat shields or even curved shields. These are like spiked shields that stick out at weird angles. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and they're they're kind of halfway between. I mean, they they sort of have like that raptor claw look, like yeah. a culture pine. But they are, are if you take a look at it, they are peltate. Yeah, if you really dial in, which is why it is in the same family. Yeah, uh, which is the cypress family. And I love it. I think it's fantastic. It's very like kind of obscure and abstract. It looks to me like each cone scale is the mask or the the helmet that Sauron was wearing before he was cut down by uh, that guy. A sealed door. A sealed door, yes. That's what it looks like to me. It also looks all together like the 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 hair which is the flame of that one guy in that one show <laughs> that everyone knows that I don't know. Wow, what? The um, hair of the fl- the flame of the hair of the show. Dragon Ball Fire, Dragon Ball Z. Dragon Ball Z. That's it. You know the guy with the yes, hair, his yes. main character? That's right. That's what the whole cone looks like to me. Totally. It, it looks like if you just take that put it on his head it does look like a flaming ball yes that's what it is yeah because they all kind of angle up and out that's right yeah Yeah. well that is a great description alex very well done (laughs) yours that you just said no no no, ours together (laughs) that is the cone those are the female cones of the japanese cryptomeria the sugi I i think it is helpful to lean heavily on these sort of like um pop culture references when yeah. talking about this cone because it doesn't so. it kind of defies definition in yeah. like botanical definition like i look at it and i just am immediately reminded of so many things yeah but none of them are a, a cone let me give you an example from my my favorite website uh conifers.org yeah what does that what does it say uh seed cones are born from the fifth year onward they're born in groups of one to six terminal, solitary, or occasionally aggregated, nodding, sessile, globose, or subglobose, rosette-like and resembling open buds. You want me to get into the next phase? Sure. Proximal two margins, often convex in outline, or all four margins, plus or minus concave in outline, middle part with or without distinct shoulders at widest point, apex usually recurved, umbo rhombic, distally with four or five, up to seven tooth-like projections, one to 3.5 millimeters. And then you cut to me, and it's um, you can see inside my head, and it's just white noise from a TV. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, Alex fell asleep. That was so calming. <laughs> yeah, which is uh, basically my... Yikes. This is why I agree with you, Alex. If we just describe it as the hair of the Dragon Ball Z guy, yes. everyone's like, oh, yeah, totally. Distally, uh, distally radial. I totally get it. <laughs> I think so, that's his name, the yeah, character's name. It's yeah. distally radial. <laughs> well, Casey, that's the cone. Let's get into uh, what is literally sort of the money of this tree, yeah, right? not figuratively. The wood, because this is a very important logging tree in Japan. And elsewhere, I'm sure. It is a little bit elsewhere. Uh, in India, actually, they plant quite a few, as okay. well as uh, the Azores, which are the islands off of Portugal. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. There you go. 
the the wood itself is a delightful um a delightful little thing and we should note before we get too far this is a forest tree and it is a conical tree just like you'd see any other kind of um large growing timber species yeah where it is a, an x current growth form where it has one central stem with all these branches kind of coming out they tend to go out and then kind of droop down just a little bit with the the twigs hmm a little hemlockish, a little, little tiny bit, but just not, not a whole lot. Okay, yeah, it smokes a little bit of weed, just the tiniest bit. Yeah, right. Just, just to go, just to sleep every yeah. once in a while. It never, it doesn't inhale, is what we're saying. <laughs> it holds it in its mouth. <laughs> yeah. So it is, uh, it is a tree that is grown and has been grown for centuries mm. for its wood. The wood is this dark red, kind of very aromatic. Uh, product which is already a little bit decay resistant it's insect resistant it's got this gorgeous kind of reddish tone that fades a little bit to kind of a normal woodish tan brown yeah it's got kind of like a pine yellow exactly yeah especially when it gets dried oh Um, okay and but the thing is it smells so good and it's so flexible and strong Mm. it's like one of those perfect trees it's very similar to the douglas fir in Mm. that regard where it's a tree that has um, all the right attributes to be really good for a lot of different things. Not only that, but they grow it in certain different ways that they can make tree A grow in this southern or tree B grow in this northern section, and they grow just slightly differently. This is one thing I was going to tell you about, uh, that they, they have a lot of different trees that they can grow. The Japanese, of course, are famous for making cultivars of trees oh, and yeah. different varieties. Uh, Japanese maples, Japanese cherries, cherries, Japanese cryptomeria. Okay. It's sort of the conifer of that zone. It is, yeah. Okay. They have over 100 different cultivars, Jeez. most of which aren't even available in the United States. That's amazing. Isn't that wild? It's like Pokemon. Yeah. Oh, God. And they also invented that. So the <laughs> Japanese just got everything. The, the Japanese love cultivars from... Little pocket monsters to big conifers. <laughs> to big, big conifers. <laughs> you got it right. Uh, so they grow, uh, they have different cultivars to grow in northern sections, in southern sections. Wow. Cultivars that are more um, aesthetically pleasing. That sure. have, you know, a different color foliage. Some that turn almost completely bronze gray or bronze reddish in the wintertime. Wow. And then turn green again when they start growing. Beautiful. Yeah. So it's like you name it, they've grown a cultivar for it. That's amazing. The big thing is they started doing this thousands of years ago, mm. just like they did with all the rest of their trees. So they were like, this God, is... that's so fascinating, Casey. Isn't it wild? It seems like something that depends on modern science. You're right, yeah. But, but they, I guess ultimately it's it's just strapping one tree to the next and, and seeing what happens. Letting it go, yeah. yeah. It's like, hey, well, let's breed you two together and see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. They just have the patience and the, the kind of forethought to do that over and over and over for thousands of years. So... The thing with the wood um, and the history of Japan is kind of the big thing that I want to talk about today. Yeah. You know, we've been talking about logging this entire time, the last four weeks. Mm -hmm. So we wanted to end with this um, for two reasons. One, um, my friend Rainey reached out, a good old friend from college. That's right. And Rainey works for a company called Nakamoto Forestry. So she reached out and said, hey, uh, would you like to come talk or, you know, could you tell us about the Sugi? And I was like, the Sugi? What do you mean? Um, what, like, 
what, what are you talking about? She said, oh, uh, but she didn't know the scientific name. Ah. And so, of course, we use scientific names because no matter what language you're speaking, you use a scientific name, it's the same across the board. Right. So I tried to figure it out. I just kind of Googled it. And it's like, oh, you, this is Japanese Cryptomeria. Yeah, I would love to tell, talk to you about this tree. Me being the tree guy and her working for this company, uh, we wanted to do a little bit of a collaboration. Yeah. So I also went over there and I interviewed um, their local, uh, I guess it would be their North American headquarters you know, showrunner. Uh, his name's Bill Bielek. And so we chatted and I got all this lowdown about what it is that they do with the sugi, mm. which is called yakisugi. Yakisugi. So yakisugi is the word for the method that they process this wood? Correct. Okay. Yeah. And yakisugi. Uh, it, it's also known as shosugi ban, which mm. literally translates. The second one's kind of a Chinese. It's a mistranslation because Chinese and Japanese, uh, the, the Japanese language was brought over from China, but then they kind of laid it over in the way he describes it is you take one language and you you apply it to a different place mm. and they it doesn't quite work perfectly, so they have little changes here and there. Sure. So that's kind of what happened here. Of course, then the languages, you know, go their own separate ways. So the there was someone who translated it into English but looked at a, a, a dictionary for Chinese. Oh, funny. So now we know it here as Shosugiban. You go to Japan, they know it as Yakisugi, and they're like, what the heck is Shosugiban? Right. So it's kind of funny, but it, it's all the same thing. What does Shosugiban uh, translate to? Um, it just means burnt wood. Burnt wood. Yes, burnt wood plank. Burnt wood plank. <laughs> yes. So that is what yakisugi means. It literally means burnt cedar. I love where this is going. Isn't it great? So what they do is they are a wood product manufacturer. Right. That makes this specific kind of clading, which is the outer surface of a building. It's clading. The, yeah. It's like the, the clad you clad something in. Oh, you know? like iron clad. Or, exactly. Okay. Yeah. So that means that you have a ship that's covered in iron. Ah. So uh, okay. this is the same thing. So cladding is what you put on the outside of a building to protect it. Your shingles, you know, cedar shingle siding. That's the same thing. Mm. So um, what they do is they make this specific kind of wood that is burnt and they use the same exact tree. So in terms of logging, they have been doing this for a long time. We should take a real quick step back. Okay. Logging in Japan, Alex, has been done for thousands of years. Yeah. Just like everywhere else in the world, logging uh, in such a small place where it's a it's an island nation. So they have gone through and cut down all of their trees, their old trees, thousands of years ago. Is it is this pre-Germany? Um, we talked about Germany oh, inventing sort yes. of uh, logging. Exactly. Uh, this is post-German. Maybe they happened in tandem. Yeah. <clears throat> It, it kind of happened in tandem, but I might say that the Japanese were kind of doing it first. Wow. So here's, this is actually, this is going to be a fun digression before we get back to Yakisugi. Okay. So thousands of years ago, they cut down all of their trees, all their old growth forests. Similar to Europe, similar to the Middle East, they, you know, they had trees. Japan. They cut it down. Yeah. Okay. Japan is similar to these places. Yes. 
So um, they have been planting them back or they've just been growing back naturally. And at one point, they kind of uh, ran out of seedlings. They're like, well, what are we going to do? We can't plant any oh, more of these trees. Like we don't, we're, we're still developing our kind of horticulture trade. Got to right? be careful. Got to be careful. You can't just always throw things at the wind and cut them down and mm-hmm. hope everything comes back. So the... The people that were, and this is during kind of the shogunate period, which is this kind of, essentially think about it as medieval Japan. Oh, great. Yeah. It's, if you ever get the chance to listen to anything about Japanese history, it's a fascinating thing. It's honestly, it's it's a, it's a complete blind spot for me in oh, terms of my hi- historical knowledge. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> in fact, most of Asia is a big blind spot for me, but I'm, I'm anytime I am, uh, even time I even briefly like pass Japanese history, like on the freeway of my life. I'm like, Oh my God, that's so interesting. I gotta stop there. Yes. And I just never, I never end up doing it, but I I would love to Japan in particular. Yeah. Well, we don't have time to get into it. Oh, come on, Alex. You're the editor here. You're the one telling me don't get into it. I'm just kidding. We really don't have time. Um, I'll I'll do I'll do some uh, I'll do some uh, research on that. Ah, yes. Okay, there you go. Go Google it. So, because they were spared by colonization, mm-hmm. their traditional culture has kind of been been a through line in their existence up until today. Um, we described it earlier as Japan kind of does traditional things in a modern way. Yeah. So this is kind of where it started. Maybe a thousand years ago, they cut down all of their trees. Once they cut down all their trees, they're like, okay, uh, we have this new fancy form of architecture that we really love. Mm. How can we grow our trees uh, to develop this kind of architecture, which is mainly a very stylized, straight thing. Think of a tea room kind of thing where you have a tea ceremony, a very ceremonial kind of space. Okay. They wanted to have perfect, small poles, like little pillars to hold up their, their buildings. Yeah. And they use those also for the rafters. That's right. So they're like, okay, well, we ran out of trees. Uh, we can't plant them. If we do, we have to wait, you know, 30 years. What are we going to do? So what they did is they got pretty creative, Alex. Wow. Have you ever heard of Daisugi? Daisugi. Yes. No, but uh, it has the word sugi in it. It does. Which is important to us. It is quite important. It translates as platform cedar, Daisugi. Okay. Give that a quick Google. This is, Casey, Daisugi, the 600-year-old Japanese technique of growing trees out of other trees, creating perfectly straight lumber. Yeah. That is such hilarious optimization. Isn't it? It's amazing. So for those of you who are not able to look this up, essentially, they grew a sugi in the form of a bonsai and had it grow out. So almost you had these platform branches Mm -hmm. where if you look like you're holding up plates in your hand. Yep, a waiter carrying platters to the table. In either hand. Yeah. But imagine you have 40 different hands and 40 different platters <laughs> each one of those has a straight tree growing right up from them yeah so it looks like you're balancing all these sticks on these little platters you've almost you've almost surely seen photos of this yes on facebook with an inspirational quote that says support each other or something. <laughs> yes oh it just makes my heart cringe <laughs> We should make we should make a series of those. I think we've already said that several I'd, times. I'd love to. 
Well, so this is something that I actually got a lot of people messaging me and the podcast wow. saying like, what do you think about this like really super sustainable way? Because they bill it as a way to grow trees without cutting down a tree. Sure. We're going to have to have a Patreon episode where I just like, just destroy that because uh-huh. you're cutting the top of the tree down and you're doing the same thing essentially that is forestry. You're just doing it with smaller trees that are growing on a platform of a bigger tree. So you're not cutting down one tree, you're cutting down a thousand little branches of a of, of a tree. Right. So it's like that's not a tree. Yeah, you're it, it's not quite the same. It's just as sustainable as growing anything else. They just they got around it because they can grow these small diameter things mm. that are grown for maybe about 20 or 30 years, then they can regrow them from the same tree. So you're still cutting down the forest. You just start from a root system, and it's essentially the same as what Europeans call coppicing. Yeah, okay. Or pollarding. Yes, I, I, I'm familiar with these yeah. things. So they essentially. Oh yeah. You, oh, well, can we can we briefly just make oh, the connection yeah. there, please? So coppicing being, I believe, um, <clears throat> take a willow for example, uh-huh. you, or an apple. Yep. You just chop a chunk off the top of the of, of a big branch. Yeah. And it sprouts a million little, uh, a million little shoots. You got it. And then you ideal. I mean, I think uh, you know farmers would do this. And then you chop, you chop off those shoots and yeah. feed them to your livestock. Right. You get fodder, or you use it for like the actual little stems. If you're making a basket or something like yes. that, wicker is a great example. Uh, when a child is asked to retrieve a switch, that's the first place they'd go. <laughs> yes, right before they get beat with it. Is that yeah. what you're referring well, to? <laughs> yes, Casey. Thank you for adding that. <laughs> oh well, Alex. I just want to make sure. You know, I just want to make sure where you're going with this. This is the old time. <laughs> God, it's terrible. <laughs> yeah, it's like when you get a child to go get a switch. Yeah. Because his sister was evil today. I, I'm not doing it. <laughs> I'm just right. talking about it. Oh, uh, yeah. You know what? Uh, we, have a, we have a dark past. We sure do. <laughs> we, uh, yeah. We have a dark present and a dark future, Casey. Yeah, we sure do, yeah. But an extremely <laughs> dark past. Oh, uh, varying how, how shades of gray, things? isn't it? <laughs> it is, yeah. It's, it's varying shades of dark gray. Yeah, blah. <laughs> Well, we are talking about this this fun idea of how to grow a tree on <laughs> yeah. trees. Yeah. So, okay. So, we, you're saying it's more sustainable because your people will say it's not really cutting down a tree. Yeah. It's cutting down like uh, limbs of tree. It's cutting limbs yeah. of trees that grow in the sh- in the form factor of a tree. Exactly. They're grown as if they are little trees off of the platform of a big tree. Right. It looks fake. Like it looks 100% like someone photoshopped straight trees on top of a flat growing tree. Yeah. So it's fine, but the, the sustainability in it's like, you're, oh, it's a sustainable harvest. Eh, yeah, but kind of, but not really. Let's get into that some other time. Okay. The point is they would do this and they applied the same techniques as growing bonsai trees to growing big trees. Wow, big bonsais. Exactly. And they said, okay, well, let's just let's just apply these techniques to these trees. We'll grow these poles. And now even to today, they still employ the same technique to get these perfectly sized traditional poles that they then use to make certain kinds of architecture. Wow. So it's a really interesting way that they basically creatively decided that they... So it's this no, really... No, keep it. You know, <laughs> not to make you look bad. I just think it's an... I love... I creatively. Love, I, I love pronouncing things in a different way. It's okay, fun. Okay, good. Yeah. 
So they they use creatively. this creatively done technique yeah. to grow these really interesting trees. That is very interesting. It's it's very like it's, it's very maximal in terms of its minimalism almost, you yeah, know. It's right? like so efficient that it it seems at first glance you're like oh it's kind of silly like they could just grow trees in the ground yeah but it is uh it's stunning i mean it's it's a really interesting technique yeah and now it's been used in like gardens and things like that so it's now also wow. this aesthetic bit that they've added in because it's a part of their tradition because it just looks pretty too it does it really does so this is one form alex of how the japanese um Way back when, this because they initially developed this uh, technique of growing trees in the 14th or 15th century. Hmm. So they essentially said, "Okay, we got we got a problem. Um, how are we going to how are we going to figure this out?" And then they use this really creative kind of like, "Okay, let's borrow from thing A, apply it to thing B, but at a bigger scale." And boom, there we go. Yeah. They've also done that with a wood product that we were talking about earlier. So this is the kind of the second weird kind of traditional thing that you can do that is not quite this, mm, let's say sustainable in quotes, form of forestry. Yeah. This other sustainable way to do forestry is done by this Nakamoto Forestry Group. And what's interesting about what they do is that they are in it for the big wood product, which mm. is the large trees that have big saw kind of timber right. that you then put on the outside of a house. More plantation style grown exactly. p- potentially, right? Yes, 100% okay. true. And the difference being you can't grow big trees like that in a daisugi fashion. Right. They All those ones are, are are specifically for those poles, yes, right? Okay. Precisely. Those are pole trees. Yes. So you can't the the application is limited. So what they do is they grow these trees and they cut them down and they harvest them and they mill them and then they burn the heck out of them. Yeah. Which I was like, "Wait, what?" It's fascinating, Alex. This is like uh this is there's a there's a there's a t- a trend on um food TikTok, I'll say. Okay. Like in the genre of food TikTok, yeah. where they'll just people will just use a blowtorch uh-huh. for like to melt cheese. Oh, what? Like, just put it under the broiler. You know that's better. Wow. So it's just like almost doing it to do it? It's doing it to do it because it yeah. looks pro and cool, oh. and cool, but it's like very bro chef oh, kind of thing. Bro chef. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, bring out the blowtorch to melt this provolone, right? <laughs> Burn this provolone. Um, when uh, they know it's uh, better to just put it under a broiler. Yeah, and honestly, the thing that tells me that's bro is the is that they, they're using it on provolone right. right off the bat. More like provolone. <laughs> What's up? Wow, Casey. There's, there's our Instagram reel soundbite. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, I, I, is it that same technique where they're using, they can't literally throw the wood in a fire. It'll turn into charcoal. Correct. So they have to burn the outside of the wood, I'm yeah. assuming with a blowtorch. Well, they put it actually in a big like uh, kind of furnace thing. Okay. And they push it through almost like uh, Quiznos again. They have yes. that big uh, kind of heater. Right. The conveyor just, belts yeah. under the oven. Yeah. Exactly. Similar to that is okay. what they do. Okay. Interesting. So it goes through this process, and then at the end, it's literally charred on the outside. Like, it looks like it's just a burnt log. Yeah. But here's the thing, Alex. When you put that on the outside of a building, or you just put it out in the world, two things are really important. The first, it's insect and decay resistant Um, even more so. Amazing. So the wood itself, already there. Now, because it has this big char layer on the outside... 
nothing goes through that char layer. So it is like an extra layer of protection. It It, just doesn't know that there's like wood underneath to to get at. Exactly. It's like, oh, this is burnt dead wood. And it also just doesn't taste very good probably. Oh, I see. So after that, it then is uh, kind of, they take a brush and they kind of make it look nice and smooth a little bit and they make it look really nice. And then you put it up and it's fire resistant as well because in order to light that char on fire again, you have to go up several hundred degrees in Fahrenheit in order to reignite it to then burn the rest of the wood that is underneath. Wow. So it becomes like this extra superhero level wow. wood. And they will put it on the side of their building and it's like this beautiful dark black color. Yeah. It's got aesthetics, which is like, you know, definitely a very Japanese thing. They want it to look really good, mm. but they also want it to be very functional. Yes. So this oh, is like hyper functional, really aesthetically pleasing. And on top of that, they work in this forestry area that is traditionally handed down from the, the at this case, it's the father to son to grandfather kind of thing. Okay. I guess I should say more correctly, <laughs> grandfather to father to son. What an interesting trajectory. Yeah, it's really weird. Uh, <laughs> the guy really gets started late in his career, but you know, he does it. You can, you can get into this at any age. At any age. Don't worry about it. <laughs> So they end up, Alex, putting these things together, and yeah. the the way it's described to me is on these small force plots. Most of these places are passed down from generation to generation to generation. Mm. A lot of these trees were planted after World War II because mm. they, again, after several thousand years ago or several hundred years ago, cut down all the trees. In World War II, they did it again raised all their hillsides because they needed to have resources for their war effort, replanted them afterwards. Okay. And now they've turned that into this sustainable harvest because they are also thinking, well, I have to pass this down to my son and my son and his son and so on and so forth. I see. So we can't just go through and destroy all of our forests. Oh man, don't you wish that same logic applied in the United States? Don't you wish, Alex? Yeah. How beautiful. It would be such a delight. Yeah. We have a long way to go. Mm. But Or we could just move to Japan. Or we could just move to Japan. Yeah. One of the two. Yeah. Hey guys, can we just like do everything over here now? We like you way better. <laughs> That's very interesting, Casey. Um, that, you know, this this process is like, it uses, when we, we've talked about this, um, I think when we were when we were talking about the premise for this episode, yes. it's a very traditional, old kind of old style way of doing things. Yeah, right. But it's also like beautiful and modern. Right. And like, you've never seen anything like it. You really haven't. And it's just like so unique and interesting and kind of counterintuitive. Yeah. Burn the wood, right? So it's less flammable. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And the whole thing, all of, all of this is based around this one tree, the Sugi. Amazing. Like they have taken this tree and they have used all these techniques. Okay. In our horticulture zone, we make beautiful flowering cherries. Let's apply that same technique and skill to make the perfect forest tree wow everywhere in our nation once we're done with that let's then use this other technique for this beautiful bonsai to create this other fancy technique to produce this certain kind of wood right then let's take our technique of okay we've destroyed our forests so let's be really diligent and patient figure out what the best way is to regrow it and make that a sustainable thing and apply it to our forestry system at large that's great so before we get any further 
I should note, this is just this one example, this one company. There is, similar to every place in the world, there are industries that are just pumping things out. Right? In Japan. In Japan, too. So yeah. just the same as in Europe, just the same as in the United States. Right. But this is an example of where you can take something that is traditional and bring it up to an industrial level and make it work. Yeah. And they are expanding out their rotations. So instead of being 80 years, it's to 100 years. So you have even more carbon stored, even bigger trees. Mm. And they're trying to really make sustainability a forefront part of their business aside from this traditional manufacturing at the same time i love that case yeah it's pretty uh, it's pretty cool tradition with a modern spin you gotta love it you casey love it. uh before we go to break a long time ago i love i love thinking about my future home i i just like i am a i'm a aspiring homeowner okay and I just love the idea of like making it exactly how I want it. Oh! And I was, you know, I do research from time to time. Just look at homes on Instagram. Yeah, or you watch uh, the 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 Remodel Brothers or whatever. <laughs> right, <laughs> the Remodel Brothers. Yeah. I watch uh, Million Dollar Listings. Wow. I don't. I, I really don't. Okay. But smash this home <laughs> to make it better. It's <laughs> a long title. <laughs> and uh, a long time ago, I saw this black wood, and I was like, "What is that? It's." <gasps> So gorgeous. No way. Saw this home paneled with black wood. Yeah. And it was Yakasugi. Yes, it was. This And I had I'm, no idea. I'm so happy you did this. I while talking to Bill, he brought this up where no one knew what it was for the longest time. Mm. So when Americans saw it and designed houses with this same kind of unique Japanese style. They just paint it black. They did. They literally just painted it black. <laughs> That's so funny. And it took someone a long time, like researchers, like in, like like college students to be like, what exactly are they doing? Yeah. They realize they're burning it. Fascinating. This thing. Yeah. Hey, before a, the internet, before we could just share things in an instant. I yeah. Mean, you had to get on a boat and ask questions to real people. Yeah. Ugh. Like how the Swedish came over and watched American baseball and then they went back and they have their own fucked up version of baseball now really? yeah that, oh my god that's gosh. a great tale oh yeah okay for another time yeah well casey uh that was our discussion of the sugi very well done we are gonna take a quick break when we come back we got a review we got a game we got a q and a as always we will be right back with more completely arbitrary Welcome back. Did we get that on the tape? I think we got Casey saying you're the best. Uh, no, definitely. No, I don't I don't think there's any oh, record she, of that. Oh, fuck. Sorry. Alex, you're the best. <laughs> Thanks, Just to make Casey. sure. I don't want to... God, that was uh, dripping was with bit. falsehood. It was not. How dare you? <laughs> We're fighting now. We don't, we don't fight. Uh, we don't really fight. No, but I do like every now and then you do uh, declare it on, on the show. That we have a beef? Exactly. Yeah. We have to stick with that. I love declaring a beef. Yeah, I, yeah, I bet you do. That's so... F okay. You know what? Fuck you. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Sometimes you think you know this guy. You just think you do. <laughs> I love you, Casey. Love you too, Alex. Let's, uh, let's review this tree, huh? Let's do it. The Sugi. The Sugi. Tree. Here's how it works. It be... All right. Well, I just, I mean, you had the opportunity. <laughs> the rule of fours, Kate, the Casey Clap special. <laughs> <laughs> you must rhyme four times or none at all. Here's how it works. We're going to give some final thoughts on this Sugi tree and then give it a rating of zero to 10 golden cones of honor. 
Casey. As a resident expert, we will begin avec toi. All right. So here is what I think about this tree. Mm. When I initially learned about the cryptomeria, as I was initially taught to me, yeah. I was like, oh, this is a fine tree. Ow. Oh, this tree sucks. Because it's not a comfortable tree. It's pokey. It's very pokey. In terms of getting to know a tree, it's going to bite you. Exactly. Yeah. Um, it unfortunately does not grow too large. I bet you that we could find a cultivar that really crushes it in the mm. Pacific Northwest. But unfortunately, I don't, I, I think I've seen a few, maybe up in Seattle, there's some big ones that I recall. Hmm. But uh, they are, they're lovely, beautiful trees. I, I think, I don't know why. Whenever I think of something in the cedar family, I usually think of it being a pleasant tree. Wow. Juniper might be a bit of a, 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 a outlier because it has really sharp needles and everything. I see. But most of the stuff that I think of in this family, I guess giant sequoia is another one. They're they're just they're soft and easy to hang out with. These know? are the trees that you can grab you can grab gently from the 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 base of the limb and just pull your yeah. hand along and it feels like a little hand massage. Exactly. It's, it's very lovely. You know, fir trees are another one like that where it's just nice to hold yeah. on to them. Love fir trees. The cryptomeria, I think the sugi kind of wronged me as a child, as a younger, as a younger tree enthusiast. Wow. And I decided that I didn't really like it. Your origin story. Speaking of yeah. Batman villains, exactly. Really so are I, a I joker. should exactly. I should just call myself though. Uh, maybe I should call myself the the Sugi Man because didn't uh, didn't he like call himself the Batman to like uh, confront his fear of bats? Yes, that's right. Case. Yeah. So I don't have a fear. I'm just kind of like, you're fine. Like I just <laughs> yeah. You have to become the Sugi in order to respect it. I get exactly. So I need to just go become a Sugi. <laughs> But I don't know, for, for whatever reason, uh, um, this is a tree that I've always been just so meh about. Oh, sure. And I, I would always think there's a better choice. Most of the time, that would be actually the incense cedar. I love the incense cedar. Mm. I think it's just the coolest tree. These, they fill the same niche for me. Okay. But I have to say, I love that you can plant it Almost anywhere, because there's so many different cultivars that the Japanese have made. Right. And that other people, I'm sure, have also like helped add to that kind of richness of differentiation. So you can plant them almost anywhere, and they will grow pretty dang well, depending on which variety you find. So I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to play this one a little bit straight, because I don't think my opinion is the best opinion. You don't hear me say that often, Alex, to be very clear. Wow. I think that this tree is probably worth easily a 7.0. Hell gonna, yeah. It's going to go straight there. Love it. Anything below when you get down to the sixes, it's kind of me giving a nod to it being overplanted. Not that interesting. Maybe something else. Well, I, I, mean, I don't know if we can say overplanted for a lumber tree. It's exactly. Like, yeah. I mean, other than maybe. By definition. Yeah. You know? Possibly the radiata pine. I think we might be able to yeah, say that's that. That's true. Yeah. But this is also another extremely common tree planted in all the forests of Japan. Like this in the Hinoki and the Sawara Cypress. Mm. Those are like the three big ones. The Hinoki is definitely number two in terms of the, the wood products industry. Sure. So I want to give it credit for being this amazingly uh, traditional tree, but at the same time, it's not a tree that jumps out. It's like saying, um, 
eating some bland, unflavored thing is good because it's traditional? No, it's traditional <laughs> and it's bad. <laughs> right, traditional things don't have to be revered and, yeah, and loved exactly. and good. It's like saltless beans. Here, eat this. It's tradition. It's like no, 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 no. Sounds bad. So I, so I think the. Uh, I love the I love yakisugi. Like, yeah, I also would love to have that on the outside of my house. Man, every time you I say it, I think house. you're gonna say yakisoba. Oh yeah, the noodles. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I wonder if that means like burnt noodles. I mean, it, they are stir fry noodles. That's the thing. Okay, yeah, actually stir fry. That's oh my gosh, yeah. Did we just unlock some knowledge we, on our own? We, I think we did, but I think I also had that somewhere because okay. I think Bill said something about that in our interview. Oh, okay, okay. Okay, we unlocked it, even though it was it was there to be unlocked. <laughs> yeah, we just re- we uncovered it. Yeah. Well, so I love the traditionalness of the tree. I think you should plant it. If there's another option, I probably would say you should probably plant that one too. Sure. But it's a cool tree. I love so much about it that I can't, I have to like push myself forward to enjoy it because once I start to enjoy it, I know I really like it. That's great. Case. That's where I'm at with this. Tree. A 7.0 is a perfect okay. score for how you describe it. Thank you. I very much appreciate that. 7.0 golden clones of honor for the Sugi from Casey clap. That's right. Alex Croson. I'm yes, sure you sir. have an opinion on this tree as well. I do. I would love to hear it. I am a newcomer to this tree. Okay. I knew nothing, not one thing about mm. it. I didn't even know it existed until we started talking about covering it. Um, hey, you called it the Nani yesterday. I know. What a blunder. <laughs> Sugi, Nani, uh, or Noni. That's so good, though. Um, so, so I, I, I love, um, I love, I love Daisugi. Yes. I love Yakasugi. I think that is a gorgeous treatment mm, of yeah. this wood. And I love that it not only makes it look really good, but it's, magnificently functional mm. and my favorite things in this world are beautiful and functional yeah I, i'm not a f- i'm not a f- i'm not a um fashion, fashion over, over function, function. Yeah. i'm not a function over fashion okay i don't buy ugly comfortable shoes just because they're comfortable Ooh. you know but they're like just grave rubber and you don't buy shoes that are overly fashionable and really uncomfortable and really uncomfortable okay. yeah i look yeah. for a, a, a shoe that looks nice and is comfortable now right? i should note you uh you wear green crocs a lot you know what okay i'm just i was just <laughs> i i was i was not trying to throw any shade alex i was merely asking where on that spectrum they uh, green the green the green crocs Listen, I don't. I, I, I'm getting offensive here. I don't. I don't need to. I don't. I don't, even, I don't need to justify my green Crocs. Okay. okay? Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, By the way, that color green is gorgeous. It is. It's, it's called it, grass. It, it, I would not see your feet if uh, if you were wearing that in in grass. It's true. In the next couple of weeks, it would be like a it'd be like a green screen, like literally. Yeah. Exactly. Um, <laughs> sorry, I brought it up, Alex. I'm sorry, I brought it up. Yeah. Fashion and function. You were saying fashion and function. Yeah. My favorite things in this world are are fashionable and functional together, and I think that the Yakasugi really just amplifies mm, amplifies yeah. exemplifies that um i think the cone is great let's talk about the tree itself the cone awesome mm-hmm. i love a peltate cone i think they're really interesting and curious and this peltate cone also has this extra bit of definition on top flare. of it yeah it's got the flare case yeah this is i'm so this is so perplexing to me 
like you you talked about the radiotic pine last week. Yes. You love that cone. Yeah. It's so different than this cone that I was when you were so stoked about it, yeah. I was like, is he looking at the right cone? I'm a man of many cones. You are certainly, my God. That explains your surprise when I said I like this cone. Yes. You were like, Really? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's that's why. Yeah. Well, Casey, I'm a surprising guy. Um, I wrote down uh, during your review, you said this this tree is so cultivated, uh-huh. cultivared. I, I, I wrote down, this tree will meet you where you are. Ooh, yeah. You know, we talk about trees that will start, like if you if you have a stomach ache or a headache yeah. or a burn or a, you, like, you know, it'll just kind of like the, the sassafras will just sort of like treat what ails you. Mm-hmm. This tree will please you yeah no matter no matter your aesthetic tendencies or your the climate of where you live very interesting for that reason i'm giving the sugi an 8.5 golden cones 8.5 my goodness that's 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 high ranks for the sharks say for that reason i'm out yeah wow but i'm in but for that reason you're in (laughs) jeez that's 8.5 okay 8.5 golden cones of honor by alex cross the Fashion and functional man of the podcast. Wow, I really appreciate that. Yeah, Casey. yeah, yeah. Oh, I trust me. I, I, I know it, and I see it. I am way more on the function side. Yes, of anything for sure. I lean. I if I had to, if I had to lean one way, it's fashion. Uh, yeah. If I had to lean one way, it'd be function for sure. Yeah. Well, hey, that was what makes us such a great pair. That's why we Casey. can walk together in all seasons. You know what? Beef squashed. Yes. All <laughs> right. <laughs> and with that, that was our review of the Sugi. A great tree. Let's move on to our game, Casey. Let's do it. In honor of <laughs> Japan, where this tree hails, uh, we are going to play a very special round of the family tree. Oh, yeah. a common condition in this day and age for Casey and Alex to anthropomorphize a tree. Is it Zeus of Olympus or Saruman? Some people say it's even Admiral Thrawn. You know there must be some kind of rules for this stupid game. But all we can see is an opportunity for a segment on completely arbitrary. Jean-Luc Picard is an elm of some kind <laughs> And the kid from Up is a Ponderosa Pine There's room for yous and sugis There's room for those to disagree <laughs> It's a podcast game called The Family Tree Casey this is the family tree in this game we choose a set of characters from some canon or other Mm -hmm. for instance it could be the Greek pantheon of gods or it could be the cast of a sitcom Mm -hmm. we then choose a tree to best personify those characters based on their physical appearance their personality their overall vibe exactly and in honor of the Sugi we are going to cover the characters from one of the best things to come out of Japan in ever, 
Mario. Wow. Everyone's like waiting to hear what he's going to say. <laughs> do all the characters from Kobe Beef. <laughs> Starting with Kobe Beef. Wagyu A5. What do we think, Case? <laughs> um, yes, Car- Casey, the characters of the Mario games. Oh, I love Mario. Created by Shigeru Miyamoto, the greatest, I, I would say the greatest creative mind in video game history. Mm, yeah. One of the greatest creative minds ever, period, okay. for yeah. any 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 genre Anything. of anything. Wow. Oh, my God. That's that's high marks. Uh, the man invented Zelda, my man. Yeah, it is very fair. Two, very two fair. of the, the, basically the two biggest video game franchises came out of this man's brain. Wow. That's true. I never gave that, that, I never, wow. Just tremendous. Holy shit. I love Miyamoto-san. Okay. All right. Okay, Casey. So. We got Alex. Let's start with. Luigi. Luigi. Perfect. <laughs> I love it. Let's start with Luigi. Okay, I was I was just assuming you were going to start with Mario, so well, I wanted to I wanted to put Luigi where he deserves. I'm going to roll with the punches here. Oh wow! Okay. Oh, you're a Luigi stan, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I okay. think it's a little bit of just a contrarian view. I, that makes sense. Yeah, you're sort of the Luigi of the podcast. No, if anything, I'm the Luigi. Wow. You're the Mario. But let's get into Luigi, Casey. Let's All not right. let's not even go down let's that not road. E- let's not even we let's yeah, we don't want to start our beef. The beef. Yeah, we don't want to <laughs> get into our Kobe beef again. Um, <laughs> yeah, when we have a Japanese related beef, it's a Kobe beef. It's a beef. Kobe beef, yeah. Great. <laughs> Luigi, he's a bit of a scared guy. Yeah, uh, yeah. Luigi's whole personality is that he's like a fr- he's frightened of everything. Yeah. Um, he is the brother. Here's something to consider. He's the brother of like a very popular cool Mm. adventuresome guy yeah right he's also a plumber he's also a plumber but mm-hmm. he, I, I like that he sort of lives in the shadow of mario mm. who's the main yeah. character right yeah. right um he's green or he wears green clothing he wears green yeah he's got a big mustache yes big mustache um and he's mostly just afraid of everything he deals with ghosts oh his uh, have you have you heard of luigi's mansion casey uh yeah i think so a series of games that were luigi is the main character uh-huh. they're all based around him being in, in haunted houses oh and fighting ghosts horrible. okay so but like so when you say his thing is go- he's afraid of them yes or he's but he also has to has to he, confront and deal with them that yes exactly Ooh, that's hard. much like a batman okay all right um yeah so casey what do you think i'm i don't know why but my first instinct is like a Western hemlock. That was mine too, Alex. Are you kidding I me? I swear to God. Because it's like the tree that everyone's like, oh, is that a Douglas fir? And was like, oh, no, no, no. That, that's a Western hemlock. Yes. It's kind of second best to everything. Yes. Even though it's great and tall in its own right. Holy shit. All right, we got to go with that. And it's full of ghosts. It's full of ghosts. <laughs> oh, my God. Look at that. All right. Well, Western hemlock it is. Wow, it's unanimous. Okay. That, was, that was incredible. Yeah. Amazing. Wow. Let's okay. see if we can keep that, that streak going, Casey. Ooh, okay. Let's go with the heroine mm. of the series. Uh, Princess Peach. Okay, this the, is going to be a hard one. Traditionally, she's the, you know, in the older games, she's a, the damsel in distress. Yeah. My favorite is Super Mario Odyssey, which I will die on this hill, is the best Mario game to ever exist. Wow. On the Nintendo Switch. It is perfection. Huh. And yes, 64 is great. Uh-huh. Sunshine, whatever. Uh-huh. Odyssey is, mwah, chef's really? kiss. Huh. I guess I've never played it, so I don't have a really good perspective. Like, I'm skeptical, but... 
I'm not at the it, same time. It's just the culmination of so many good Mario mechanics. And its whole thing is that you're traveling around the globe. It's this like globe-trotting adventure. Oh, right? I see. In a okay. little spaceship, you go around uh, the globe. Wow, I do like spaceships. And Princess Peach is like a traveler in yes, that one. I see. She, she shows up in all these different places. She's like traveling around uh, in her, yeah, in, yeah. her independent phase. Exactly. Well, yeah, yeah, she got saved, but she's also like, you know what? This is bullshit. I could have saved myself. That's right, Case. Okay, all right. Um, so she's pink. Yeah. That's her big thing. Exactly. She's, a, she's royalty. She is royalty. She's golden. She's golden. So she's got golden hair. Yes, she right. has golden hair. Okay. She has yellow hair. How else did you think of royalty as, as being golden? Uh, as a royalty. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. Right? Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, um, so. She is like uh, kind of at the will of a, a bunch of other things mm, happening, you know? She, yeah. She's a, she's, um, she's not. She didn't have a lot of agency, I would say. First thing I came up with, uh, do you, are you want to just say it on, do you have anything in mind I should ask? <sighs> a peach tree. I, that, okay, <laughs> too low, too low, Alex. Low-hanging peaches. Yes. All right, I was thinking ginkgo. Oh, yeah. Reason I'm thinking ginkgo, color, obviously. Yep. Uh, the other thing is that it's very much royalty. It's planted near shrines and things. Yeah. It's known for all these different things. And... It doesn't have any agency because it's probably extinct in the wild. So we have to plant it wherever it needs to be planted. So it's kind of, you know, another level. That's great, Case. Okay, what do you think? I love, I mean, I I personally, I I sometimes I like to be a little on the nose and I like peach, but I I will totally go with you on ginkgo. I think that's a great choice. All right, we can have different choices here too. I know. There's room for the host to disagree, as the theme song says. All right, Casey. Okay. That's peach. I like that for peach. That feels good. Yeah, me too. All right, good ginkgo, good peach. Yeah. Okay, Casey, next. What do we got? We got the villain of the piece. Oh, no. Bowser. Bowser. Bowser is a, I, I suppose he's like a turtle, but he's also sort of a dinosaur. Yeah, it's like a, with spikes on the shell and everything. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, he's a turtle. Yeah, a yeah, turtle. yeah, yeah. He's a turtle. Okay. He uh, breathes fire, he's of course. He's very large. He's big. Know, he's big. Yeah. Yeah, he's okay. big in diameter. I'm I'm imagining like some some uh, some old crumult kind of tree, like a, wow. a spiky juniper that's growing up so high in elevation that it's been battered and it's very spiky. Yeah. Like, Half dead, half alive. Okay. But like not enjoying that it's half dead, half alive. And just kind of is pissed off that it's stuck in its place where it is. Just exists in misery. Yeah, which I would think uh that would be something like a um a Sierra juniper is the one that I think oh. of. Because they 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 grow in these kind of crumultsy things. I'm also thinking of a bristlecone pine. Sure. Because they have those like spiky kind of like i'm half dead yeah generally people see them as like these stoic things like these prometheus these these methuselahs yeah well i'm imagining it more like it's upset that it's at at the place that it is yeah i think that's fair i think bowser's is probably bitter you know because so the bullied bully yes exactly okay i we're on the same page yeah it's hard to imagine a tree that doesn't like where it's growing which is, i know which is make this maybe that's why I'm, this is not a good descriptor well i think we should settle there and move on okay I it's think a bit that's of an fair. it's a bit of an uh an eye we're giving it yeah. an incomplete yeah okay that's fair casey let's end here with yes. the big man himself Yoshi. toad oh oh wow. we made the same joke <laughs> Mario. Oh, the old Mario. Woo! Very good. Here, here's my here's my niche Mario impression. Okay. When Mario falling from a great height and then smashing against the ground. Wow! <laughs> <laughs>
That was beautiful. Thanks. Um, yeah, Mario is adventuresome. He's brave. Yeah. He is uh, aerobatic. Yeah, he's he, like incredibly yeah. fit. Really, even for a plumber, you, it's just surprising. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yes, he's a plumber. He's uh, um, he's he's the star of the show. Wears case. red often. Yes, yeah. he he wears red, but unless he you know has one of his many uh, costumes. Ah, uh, yes. Yep, he all sorts of caps and yes. uh, fire flowers and things that transform mm. him into something else. Yes, that that's maybe an interesting. He wears many he wears many masks. Yes, exactly. Hmm. So honestly, what what could it be? Oh, oh my God, Alex, what do you got? Sugi. I, I was thinking Sugi too. Because of all the cultivars. There's so many cultivars. You can be a different thing. Yeah. He's I, the main character. Yeah. Everybody I, loves him. It does. That is main character. Ooh, that feels good. Oh, but I'm just, I want something with the color red. But I just can't think of something that has the color red. I can think of the Japanese maple. That's the one that comes to my brain. Sure. Because there's a lot of red cultivars of that. Yeah. But and it's, it's Japanese. But it's a side character. Like, yeah. like the, the by well, it's it's forced into the main character role. You mean in the way that it grows in a it's an understory yes, tree. Exactly, right? exactly. Mm. But it's a very popular. Exactly, it's super popular. It's like the most popular understory tree. Yeah. So I, I actually, don't know. I don't. I, I, I'm like in Japanese maple here. Kevin. I kind of feel like it's good, and they're, they they grow really well. They have the right color. There's a thousand different varieties that grow yeah. in every different kind of way. Yeah, that's feeling good to me. Uh, okay. All, All right. right. Mario's the Japanese maple. Mario's the Japanese maple. Hey, that was Family Tree Mario edition. To that we say, woohoo! <laughs> Casey, it's time for a completely arbitrary Q and A. This week, our question comes from the Patreon, as it always does, Casey. From Alyssa Hoyt. Hello, Alyssa Hoyt. Longtime listener. I believe we've uh, had uh, Alyssa around for quite a while. Yeah. Good to see you. Looks like July 2021, Alyssa Hoyt joined the Patreon. That's what I'm talking about. Alyssa says, hi, Casey and Alex. I was cleaning my house the other day and wondered where the term spruce things up came from. Oh, yeah. What is it about spruce trees or wood that makes people connect them to the idea of cleaning or refreshing something? What other tree-related idioms are you aware of? Thanks. That is so lovely. That is a great question, Alyssa. Alyssa, Alyssa, um... Probably knowingly tickled our our uh, etymology. Yeah, yeah. Uh, fancy, um, Casey. I read you this question and you lit up because you said oh, Justin Davies covered that. Yes, uh, Justin Davies, the 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 woodworking influencer on Instagram and TikTok and YouTube. Yeah, uh, a, a smart chap and a nice fellow. Um, hi, Justin. Um, Justin, we love you. So here, here's the here's the trajectory that this term took. Yeah, this is great because uh, one thing I like about this is that this is kind of your realm. We love it, but your specific thing, Alex, is the etymology of stuff. That's true, Casey. I do love etymology. Okay, so here it is, Casey. You may think that the words the term sprucing up comes from spruce trees. Nah, opposite. Yeah. This the the word spruce was uh pre the word spruce predates uh the term spruce tree they don't yes. predate the trees themselves yeah it's like wow what <laughs> they found it etched into an ancient fossil spruce and yeah they're like, oh this is the name spruce trees were founded in 1903 <laughs> um so the word actually comes from prussia which is a a, a nation that is no longer with us um prussia a shorthand for prussia was Prusse. Uh, back in the 14th century, Casey. Uh-huh. Prus, uh huh. Pruce, 
turned into spruce, as these things often do. Yeah, well, uh, so what Justin said is yes. that in Polish, they would call it Zeprus. So Zeprus, Z meaning from Prussia, was spruce. That's what it sounded like to English ears. Great. That's amazing, actually. Yeah. Um, so spruce just originally just meant refer- referencing Prussia, right? A little exactly. shorthand. Um, so in Prussia in the 14th century, they were on the cutting edge of no you know what i'm gonna move it up a little bit i'm gonna say 16th century Ooh, modern they were on the cutting edge of leather goods casey Mm, hot so much so that prussia sort of became synonymous with fashion Mm. and just looking very neat and tidy Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. in your physical uh, appearance right yeah so uh here's a quote from this thing called a quip for an upstart courtier, a quaint dispute between cloth breeches and velvet breeches from fifteen ninety two. Oh my god! By Robert Greene, a fellow briskly appareled in a black taffeta doublet and a spruce leather jerkin with Christfall buttons. Hmm. Crystal, crystal buttons. Excuse me, not Christfall. So spruce leather jerkin. I see. Now it's being used. As an adjective, to spruce, uh, to spruce something up. No, now this is this is an adjective. Oh, to I describe see. the leather jerkin. That leather jerkin oh, is spruce. Jesus, I was literally describing a verb. verb. God, I'm a dumbass. <laughs> Casey, jeez. So then it turned into a, an adjective. You call something spruce to allude that it is neat and tidy and, uh, and smart. I see. You're yeah, smartly yeah, yeah, dressed. Yeah. You're very spruce today. So it'd be almost like saying, oh, you look you look very uh, Prussian right now. Yes. Like, you, look, you look of, of Prussia. <laughs> you look spruce. Yes, you look very spruce. Um, so spruce moved from being an adjective, yeah. describing leather goods, to a verb. Gotcha. And meaning the same thing, essentially, to make something look smart and neat. neat. tidy. Yes. Yeah, you spruce it up. That's right. Huh. The first mention of sprucing up actually comes in Sir George Etherge's restoration drama. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know the one. The Man of Mode. Yeah, duh, the Man of Mode. It's from 1676. Do you actually know this? Yeah, of course. I, oh. mean, yeah, yeah. I, was, I, I mean, I would not have been surprised. You really. wouldn't have? Oh, God. No, I don't think so. I would have been great if I did just have that in my back pocket. <laughs> oh, yeah, the Man of Mode. Yeah, 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 I saw that the other day. Your interests are vast. <laughs> um, and he says in The Man of Mode, I took particular notice of one that is always spruced up with a deal of dirty sky colored ribbon the spelling and all this shit is fascinating this is this is what when did that come out this is 1676 wow yeah they 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 didn't quite standardize spelling i think at that point it was all phonetic right yeah um spruced here is very i will say smartly spelled S P R U C apostrophe D. Oh spruced. yeah, spruced. Which is kind of what you do when it's like it's not an official verb, you yeah, know? Exactly. Um, you kind of it's like a very like colloquial way to spell it. Yeah, you need to get rid of a syllable, maybe. Yes, exactly. Gotcha. Uh, in 20th century America, the term "spruce up" took on a new lease of life. This article says, with a slightly modified meaning. It began to be used to mean to tidy up or refurbish in particular. Yeah, okay. Um, a counterpart to the English spring clean. That's how I've always known it. And I always thought that it was like as things melt, the spruce trees like grow anew. So it's like you were making something grow anew. 
but I guess I never thought through why they would have chosen the spruce tree. Right. In this case, uh, Justin references that they generally grow a bunch of spruce in Prussia. Right. So that's where the it kind of came from. It's so just it kind a of, connection. Yeah. They said to spruce things up would be to make it look like, you know, them over there with all those um, spruce trees. Right. So, yeah. So it's kind of a... So the it, term for spruce tree yeah. came after... The term for a smartly dressed uh, Prussian man in leather doublet. Well said, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> um, a so, smartly dressed Prussian man in a leather doublet. Hell yeah. <laughs> it's my kink. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, so uh, my kink. up until up until this 20th century kind of modification of the term, Casey. Yeah. Uh, sprucing up had been explicitly reserved for people and their clothes. So it was only in the 1900s in America where we started using it for oh. your home. Spruce up the living room or the, excuse me, the sitting room. That's so funny. Or the parlor. Yeah. Um, many of the early references to sprucing up also refer to adding ribbons to clothing. Okay. Uh, to really spruce yourself up in quotes, you need a, preferably a German leather jacket. Eh, always. I mean, that's the preference today is a German leather jacket. It's got to be German. Most people know that. And then there's like a picture of a, a Nazi general next to this. I don't I don't love that. Maybe but. they're wearing a, a, a German leather jacket, I suppose. Which is, uh, so to add to this, is that um, the term Picea, which is the scientific name for spruce, yeah. came initially from the Roman pix, which means pitch. So okay, so that's unrelated. Exactly. So Pisces, uh, it's the name of a pitchy pine. <laughs> so that is, uh, I think, my guess is that they would call these weird trees that looked kind of like what we'd expect a pine, but back then they would see this and they wouldn't know botanically what the difference was. Right. They would just see it's a slightly different thing. So they'd say, "Oh, well, that's the pitchy pine." Because it's, it's very, pitch. it's like a pine, but it's very pitchy. Yeah, that's Pisces, yeah. and then Pisces <laughs> comes from Picea. <laughs> I swear to God, it's literally P I C I S. I'm not. Yeah, I'm no, not I'm, trying to make a you know another uh, another Jurgen joke. One of your classic urine jokes. <laughs> it's what I know. <laughs> Rule of fours, and it's got to be urine. Thank you so much, Alyssa Hoyt, for sending in that question. We love we love etymology. We love trees, and when they come together, boy, is it a treat. And if you have a question for us about anything to do with trees, join the Patreon at the three dollar tier. That's three bucks a month. The Q&A, Quercus and Alder tier. Above that is the Arboretum, where you get two bonus episodes a month about a host of different topics. Above that, our crown glory, the Cone of the Month Club. It's the reason our Patreon exists. Ten bucks a month, and you get a unique die-cut cone sticker sent to your mailbox every month. We hire an artist every month to illustrate a different species of cone. So they're on all these different, uh, all these different styles, Casey. Uh, by different fabulous artists. We print them locally here in Portland, Oregon. We ship them around the globe. Wherever you live, we will get your Cone of the Month Club mm-hmm. cones to you. That's 10 bucks a month, and it's the best way to support this podcast. If the information and joy you get out of this podcast is worth $10 a month, we would love for you to sign up. Above that is Arbitrary Plus, our new live stream tier. You get two live streams a month, one with Casey and I about a bunch of different stuff. There's visuals and and you can t- just see our faces talk, which is could be weird for you, um, <laughs> and interact with us in the chat. And then one of those live streams is just me 
streaming a tree or nature themed video game. That's right. Like a cozy little Twitch night just for you. Above that is our highest tier. It is generous admission. It starts at $20 a month. If you really want to go above and beyond for this podcast and, and give us that extra, that extra little something, um, that's, that's a, that's a very generous, cool way to do it. We will just be eternally grateful for your help and you, and you, and all of these tiers help keep this podcast afloat and uh, make it so Casey and I don't have to have real jobs. Exactly. <laughs> what do you mean, Alex? This is a real job. This is a real job. I have to I have to come to terms with the fact that this is a real job. I have worked harder on this podcast than I have on oh. almost every other thing, except from, I know, every other thing. Yeah, that's about it. Hands down, same. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I've, I've also enjoyed it uh, about a million times more than any job I've ever <laughs> yes. had. Yes. Oh, it's so, much, it's so much more satisfying to talk with people about something we love and do our loving work and then have other people be like, like, this is sweet. Keep going. Yes. There's nothing more satisfying or uplifting. Uh, yes. So. If you have something nice to say to us about the podcast, please email us. It really it really helps uh, morale. You can email us at arbitrarypod uh, at gmail.com at A-R-B-O-R-T-R-A-R-Y pod, P-O-D, at gmail.com. Or go to that website, arbitrarypod.com. You can find additional readings. You can find merch. We have a brand new, beautiful print mm-hmm. with artwork by Bonnie Dutch, and uh, I put together the, the other graphics, and it's a 9 by 12 and it will go perfectly on your wall. It's extraordinarily well done. That's right. You can see our silly faces every day. Casey Clapp! Alex Croson. What an episode. Hey, this wraps up our discussion on kind of forestry and forest-related things. Wow. We will be talking about more, and also on the Patreon we're going to be talking about a bunch of things related to forestry that we just couldn't quite cover. Yeah. So if you want to get more info and hear about uh, different kinds of forestry, how we can do it better, new ideas, mm. new ways, maybe uh, maybe think about signing up. That's a great idea, Casey. Until then, next week, Alex. Yes. We got a whole other kid and caboodle coming. Oh, boy, am I excited, Casey. Well, I'm excited for next week. I'm excited for two weeks from now, and I'm really excited for three weeks from now yeah and you know what i'm really excited for whoa four weeks from now well okay you know what i'm really excited for no five weeks from now well alex what i am excited about Mm -hmm. like way more is the sixth week from now oh that's great case that's the one that i'm really like well i i see me i'm kind of excited for the seventh week the seventh week alex is gonna be Completely Arbitrary is produced by Alex Croson and Casey Clapp. Our artwork is by Jillian Barthold, and our music is by Aves and the Mini Vandals. And you can support the podcast at patreon.com slash arbitrarypod. And find additional readings at completelyarbitrary.com. Thanks for listening. <laughs>